Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you on Q's basketball. The Orange with an 81-74 win last night inside the Dome over Buffalo. We have just one guest lined up for you today. Uh, a good friend of ours, Sal Manin, uh, set to check in from down in Houston, Texas around 1.30. We'll get his thoughts on some things sports-related, but uh, Sal needs our help, so we'll uh, we'll bring him on, and, and hopefully we can uh, we as a community can help out Sal and uh, and help out the cause that that he's trying to pitch in with uh, down there in Houston, Texas. But up until then, again, first 90 minutes of the show, we want to talk Q's basketball. And Seth, I, I think we need to become resigned to the fact that this team's going to play a lot of close games this year. Uh, we've seen them play now six games decided by single digits. Syracuse 6-0 in those games. The one loss, obviously, to Kansas, that was a double-digit uh, setback. They're playing a lot of close games, and, and I said this to you last week when you said, you know, I think they're going to go down and, and have an easy time with Georgetown or a relatively easy time. And I said, I just, I, I'm not sure this team is good enough to have an easy time with anyone, and, and that's that seems to be the case. I mean, they had Buffalo at bay for most of that game last night. It was almost a reversal of the Georgetown game, where Georgetown blows a 13 point lead. Syracuse blows a 13 point lead uh, last night. Buffalo takes the lead late, but Syracuse again has the presence of mind, has the poise under pressure. Frank Howard hit a couple of big shots, including a very big three after he turned the ball over. O'Shea Brissett continues to attack the basket, made all 16 of his free throws. Uh, Tyus Battle did just enough on the offensive end. A rough night for him in that he was you know face guarded much of the night but again Syracuse continues to find a way in these close games yeah uh, I think that's really impressive that this team while young and uh you know still finding its way to an extent this team is able to uh pull out close games we've seen that time and again Maryland UConn Georgetown this one uh this team can can figure out how to play in close tough games down the stretch I didn't think Frank Howard played all that well. Hit a couple of big shots at the end, but uh, puzzling decision after puzzling decision, turning the ball over. Uh, looked like he could have been called for about four more fouls than he was. Uh, you know, O'Shea Brissett was the only person who it seemed was getting anything consistently offensively, and the majority of that was coming at the free throw line. Uh, Ty's battle seemed to be bottled up for much of the game. Uh, but they still managed to win, right? And I think that that's such an impressive thing and something that, you know, you can't just take for granted. There are all these problems, and Sadibe didn't play, and, you know, Matthew Moyer uh, was very good, but then left with, with what looked like an, a, a wrist injury, uh, you know, and Howard was struggling and Battle was struggling, but they still won, right? And I think that that's so interesting and something that I, I don't think I expected out of a young team this early was to be able to win these close games. I, I can't I, I I can't say I expected that two months ago, right? I didn't expect that at all. Uh, I did not expect six and zero in single digit games to to open the season. And you know, you say Tyus Battle was struggling last night. 
Well, struggling to get open. He, he, he was, he was struggling to get open. I think that's a better way to put it because he had 13 points on eight shots. He took eight shots from the field last night, four for eight, uh, finished with 13 points, had four steals, had three assists. Again, did a little bit of everything, was out there all 40 minutes. Um, but to your point, he did not lead them in scoring. He's led them in scoring every single game this season with the exception of the one that he left early when he scored only eight points and, and left with that back injury. And, you know, he's averaging 21.5 points per game. He, he was held more than eight points below his average, and Syracuse still found a way to win against a pretty good team. Like I, this this Bulls team is, is going to win a lot yes. of games. I mean, they. I don't know whether or not they'll go to the NCAA tournament. I they're mean, likely that, to win their conference. They're, they're right up they're there. They're a contender. If I they're mean, not going to win it, they're going to be right up there as one of the better teams in the MAC. They so, feel like a tournament yeah. team. And, Absolutely. And for Syracuse to do that, and oh, by the way, they get Wes Clark back uh, last night. He's it's the first game he's ever played for Buffalo. Sat out after transferring, after leaving Missouri. Was ruled academically eligible earlier in the day, and he he was fantastic. He scored 15 points. So so Buffalo was already 7 and 3 and then they get maybe their best player back on top of it. Syracuse has to deal with that. Um and and you're right. They dealt with a lot of adversity last night. Frank Howard in foul trouble, committed some some key turnovers late. Uh Tyus Battle held the 13 points. They found a way to overcome it. And I think that is a that is a really good sign, a really encouraging sign if you're an SU fan. Absolutely. No no question about it. There, there's so much that you could point to, and, and I, I guess that's why I tried to lay that all out right at the beginning. There's so much you can point to that went wrong in this game, right? Your backup center didn't play because he's still hurt. Uh, your, your energy source and, and the guy who you didn't really expect to get all these points out of or all these rebounds out of, Played really well, right? This guy who hadn't been playing consistently played really, really well in Matthew Moyer. Your leading option was bottled up for the entirety of the game. Frank Howard, your point guard and second leading scorer, was struggling for the majority of that game. Uh, You know, O'Shea Brissett uh, got his 25 points, but 16 of those came at the free throw line. You know, so this team wasn't really getting much going offensively. And oh, by the way, you still won and you still won by seven. Right, like I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday, Steve. You beat Georgetown, and ultimately you beat them by seven. You beat this Buffalo team, you beat them by seven. And when it comes to Selection Sunday, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, oh, okay, they won by seven. Like, we might sit here and say, yeah, but that was a back-and-forth game, and the Georgetown game, they were down by 13. Selection Committee's not going to do that, right? They're going to say, hey, they won that game, they won it by seven. They won it by eight. They won it by nine. Okay, fine. How they about got, they just they right? won it? Right. right. <laughs> that's, that's ultimately exactly. all that matters, right? Exactly. Like, they're not going to look and, and dig into it. So, yeah, there was back and forth. Yeah, there's some really bad to go along with the good. But at least you won, right? Like, at least you got the win. And, and I think that that's really important for this team right now. Keep building wins. Beat teams that are going to be quality wins. If, not, if they're not top 100 wins, you know, in the case of Iona, in the case of Texas Southern, in the case of... Buffalo, they might sneak into the top 100. At least these are teams that are you know, expected to do well in their conference. And I think that that much is, is important. Same with Friday night, by the way. St. Bonaventure is, is not only expected to do well in the conference, but expected to go to the NCAA tournament. Like That's another game that you, you probably want to win to get that on your resume, right? To, to have that there of, hey, we beat this pretty good St. Bonaventure team. Lots to get to today, so let's get to the phone lines, 315-437-7644. Mike and Cicero kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Mike. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? 
Good. And I watching the game last night and a couple of things that I've seen this season so far. It's kind of a a breath of fresh air in a way. Um, but with Howard, I think you're you're going to see this all season where he makes some really baffling decisions. But Beheim said at this roster at the end of the game that he's now being able to play through it this year, and he comes down and he makes the big plays at the end. So that was a big improvement. I Not that I'm glad Thorpe is, is not with us, but I am I'm hoping that this will give Washington a little bit of a chance to play a little bit more, which it certainly will, I'm sure, as the season goes on. But it, I, I hope to see him improve, whereas we'll have him for at least a couple of years versus Thorpe, who was for sure gone after this year because he didn't have any eligibility left. But I thought, you know, this year compared to last year, we, I think, went... Ten and three in the non-conference last year. Eight and this five year, last right now, year, Mike. We're 10 and one. Mike, eight uh, and five last year. Or it was eight. Wow. So I'm, I'm giving them even more credit. But you know, we've got one loss so far this year, and we're winning games that we are supposed to, and that's what matters. We've got a road win, or you know, we've got a neutral court win, and we've got a decent win against Maryland in a, in a Power Five school. Not to mention the other schools or the other games that you guys have talked about. So I, I think it bodes well, and it makes it that much. It takes off some pressure come ACC play, so that's kind of what I like about where we're at, at least right now. And Brissett, come the end of the season, Brissett, you know, people always talk about battle, but Brissett could very well be the best all-around player on this team by a, you know, by a long shot, given his athleticism and, and the ways he can produce offensively and defensively. Appreciate you checking in, Mike. Uh, good phone call, and I think a, a lot of people feel like that. A lot to get to with, with what you know, Mike brought up. Let's start with Frank Howard. I've yes. said this over and over again. Frank Howard is the present-day Scoop Jardine. This, he's like Scoop Jardine junior year. I, as he was talking, I pulled up Scoop stats from from his junior year. And again, Frank's a junior, so I think it's a you know, I think we can we can fair make comparison. the comparison there. Yeah. Fair comparison. Um, he had 205 assists as a junior. Had 100 turnovers. So I mean, it was he was at two to one. He had that's a, better know, than where Frank is right now. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. I, he's not worse than two to one. You sure? I'm fairly confident in saying that. We can look that up. My point is this: hundred turnovers is a lot, but you'll take it the way that he plays, especially down the stretch of games, right? I mean, Scoop did some things that you would shake your head at, and you know, afterwards you'd be like, "How in the world did he, you know, make that player?" Why? Frank's ahead. at three to two. What, what are what are his overall numbers? Uh, six point uh, seven, 67 assists and forty seven turnovers. Okay, all right. Then I was wrong. I thought he was. I thought he was better than two to one. I think at the end of the day, he's going to be about two to one. And that, sure. that's my point is that you know a hundred turnovers over the course of a season. You look at that and you're like, that's too many. He needs to cut back on that. But yep. then you look at wow, he had two hundred and five assists. I'm talking about scoop here. And again, he seemed to make the plays when they mattered most at the end of games. He turned the ball over last night, got ripped twice in a short period of time. The second one leads to the layup that puts Buffalo up by one with just over three minutes to go in the game. He comes down on the very next possession and and makes the three that essentially decided the game. That gave Syracuse the lead. They led the rest of the way. And, And so... You know, yes. Are you frustrated by that turnover where he just gets, you know, ripped of the ball, you know, crossing over right near midcourt? Yeah, of course. You you don't want your point guard to do that, and he did it twice in a short period of time. But then to to be able to come down and not shy away from taking that shot, and and oh by the way, you know, you were saying the other day Frank's got to stop taking threes, and I said, you know what, he's a pretty good three point shooter. His shot's gotten better. Went three for four Two, last yeah. night from from yeah. three point range. But he showed it, me. But my point is, is to me. And their games are different, but 
But the way they go about it is the same. I, I, I look at him and I see Scoop. I see a guy that you want him in, the, even though he's going to make some head-scratching turnovers over the, over the course of 40 minutes, in the final few minutes of the game, he generally makes the right play, and he's going to win you more games than he loses you. Yeah, and we saw that in the Georgetown game. He stole, he got the steal and the layup on the other end. We saw that in, in the game yesterday where he made head-scratching plays even down the stretch, but then, as you said, followed it up with the three in the corner, the three on the wing. Um, I, I can't help but think that Frank Howard would be a much better player if he were playing off the ball. If he had a point guard, right? Like if, if he had a legitimate point guard to set him up and get him the ball and he didn't have to do it, he would be a better player. Like I, I just watch him and I'm like, he's not a point guard. Like, like if, 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 if they could in whatever and and there's not that guy on the on the on the team this year like i'm not saying you can change it and I, and he very well could grow into this being a point guard role but it doesn't it seem like he's the kind of guy who a lot of his problems come when he dribbles the ball up court right like when he takes the ball from the back court to the front court like that action causes a lot of issues for him i guess i <laughs> Here's the thing. You say that if he wasn't a point guard, that he would be like a if better he was player. A two. If he was a two guard, Seth, I got news for you, he'd, he'd get like six minutes a game. And and prior, he might not even be here because he, he right. might not have seen the court no, as a right. freshman you're or sophomore. absolutely right. So they need him to be, obviously, they need, need him to be, to be the, the point, point guard. guard. Um, but it's it's been a transition for him, obviously. He's never been, you know, a true point guard over the but course I, I of guess his, that's what his I'm entire saying. basketball career. I guess that's what I'm saying is is maybe more so than, you know, even when they did this with Mike Benege, he looks like a wing playing point guard. Right, like, like he he looks a little out of place. He he doesn't look totally comfortable. And and Benjay had his moments like that too. And you know th- this could all end up being totally fine. And and he could be a very good point guard. And I think he might be by the end of this year and next season. Uh, but th- it, it's it's mind blowing to me some of the mistakes and then compounded by fouls on the other end. And it's it. it it's very confusing to me to watch him play. Like I, I didn't think he played all that well last night, and then you look up, and you know he's got 18 points. He hits those big shots at the end, and you know it's it's hard to say. Oh well, he didn't play well. We view Frank Howard differently. Um, I think he's a a point guard in training. He, it's yes, one of those he, things you, training, you, yes. you get you get better by doing. You get better by playing, especially the point guard position. And the more experience you get, the better you get. And over the course of his first two years, he didn't get a ton of experience. Certainly didn't as a freshman. Then as a sophomore, you know, he struggled to the point where John Gillen took his job and he was battling injury and battling confidence issues and, and all the rest. He was actually asked last night in the locker room, you know, how would Frank Howard, the sophomore, have handled this situation, you know, making two big turnovers. How would he have handled that? And he said, you know, I don't know. You got to ask him. He doesn't want to talk about last year. And I get it. Okay. But I, I look at this as a guy who he's confident now. He's older. He's better. His shot is better. His decision making is better. Is he still going to make some bad decisions? Yes. If you're a point guard and you have the ball in your hands, 40 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game at a major Division One college level, you're going to make mistakes. Now, some of his mistakes seem unforced, right? I mean, the, the two crossovers where the ball's just taken from him, that seems unforced. He's got a high dribble. Michael Carter-Williams had a high dribble. They're yep. tall players. Absolutely. I mean, he's six five. He's going up against he's a the, big point guard. He's going yes. up against a little guard who's fast, who was timing his crossover, and twice, you know, Wes Clark guessed right and, and stole the ball from him. But his ability to bounce back and to make... I don't know. We look at this differently. I I think he's going to develop into a pretty darn good point guard here. He's got a year and a, le- a year and a half left. 
Um, does he make some head scratching mistakes? Yes, he does. But I think that comes with the territory. And if he was if he was doing this as a sophomore, being able to play through his mistakes, it would be one thing. Now you say, well, he's a junior; he should know better. He hasn't played a ton. You know, this is the first year where he's had the ball in his hands consistently. So let's see how he develops. I, I think he's going to develop into a very good point guard here at Syracuse. Well, again, I think he'll be fine. Right now, there there are. Head scratching mistakes that keep being made. He's scoop. Like yeah, I, I sure. keep saying it. He yes. is scoop Jardine. That's and fair. you would sign up for Scoop Jardine yes. every day of the week. Absolutely. Back to the phone lines we go. John but you and can't Syracuse. Chant Frank. What's that? Sound as, you can't chant Frank. It doesn't sound as good. <laughs> John, how are you today? Pretty good, you. Good. Was, what do you got for us? I was gonna talk about Howard too. I mean, he does some good things, but he just is not a point guard. He makes so many brainless uh, turnovers. It's ridiculous. It's, uh, but you're going to have to live and die with him because you got nobody else. But I think a point guard, you're either born to be a point guard or you're not. He isn't a point guard. I just hope Jalen Carey can come in and replace him next oh, year. And okay. maybe between both of them, they can short, short, short up the point guard position. All right, John. I appreciate checking in. I can't, I can't take the negativity right this second, okay? Syracuse is 10-1. and one. They are 6-0 and in games decided by single digits. And a big reason why they're 6-0 and in games decided Frank by Howard. single digits is the play of the point guard. So, I just... Seth, see what you started. Like, do we need to do this today? I, no, we don't. We don't have to. You gotta cut the guy some slack. I He's know, barely played I know, I know. to this point. I Hey, that that's fine. His, his line last night, 18 points, four assists. Yes, he had five turnovers. He also had the biggest shot of the game. He did, So when John absolutely. says you live and die with Frank Howard, you have lived you with do. him. You, and you've lived with him consistently. He, yes. he had the steal in the layup that tied yes. the game against Georgetown and forced overtime. Do we have to do this today? I mean, we no. can if you want. 315-437-7644. Uh, we do need to take our first time out. I'm going to... I'm going to calm down. We're gonna, I need to regroup. Okay. Let's, let's take a time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. This is new music, Seth. It is. You've been I, doing I, some no, work? I, no, not me. Max. All right. Not me. We're probably by Actually, Did you like it? Uh, it was different. I just... I don't know. Yeah, sure. Okay. Then, Different uh, is good. Okay. I like it. Then I might be willing to take credit for it. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 315-437-7644. Tony in Syracuse up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Tony. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, I have one question. What's wrong with John? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I went to the London game because I kept the clock. And it was a double overtime, great game. I came home, I said to my wife, who won the SU game? She goes, SU. I go, great. I don't need to know the stats or anything else for 10-1. and one. Although he is probably happy we lost the game, so we can get that off our chest so, you know, we don't go into being undefeated and then lose a game. So, I don't know. The guy never has anything positive to say. Maybe he should root for a different team. That's all I got to say. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you checking in, Tony. Listen, I'm fine with you know taking the opposite side of things or a different viewpoint. Or if you want to be a pessimist, that's fine. I just I'm not sure today is the day to be the pessimist. This team is ten and one. Yeah, they're playing they won great. Another close game. Yeah. Frank Howard hit the biggest shot of the game. Um, like I said in the I first part of the show, there were a lot of things that didn't go right. Right in theory, your, yes, your, your best player got bottled up. The leading scorer in the game had 
nearly, what, uh, 16 of his 25 points came from the free throw line. Uh, you there know, was foul trouble. Bet, there was there injuries. There was so much foul trouble. Moyer went out with fa- uh, an injury. Uh, Sadibe didn't play. You, you know, only Fra- won the rebounding Howard, by two. Frank Howard all game was up and down, and you still won by seven. Like, that's a... That's a good win for this team. I don't think today's the day to be uh, pessimistic, but it's it's John's right to call. We accept all callers here, including this one. Uh, Lazara Sims joining us here on the show. Z, help me out here with with Frank Howard. Oh man, y'all killing my guy. It's 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 crazy listening to people saying, "Oh, we can't wait till next year the guy come in," or he he made this mistake. And like you said, they're they're winning. The end of the End of the day, what the, what matters is the W's, and he's there consistently with the W's. Um, he's he's their leader. He like you said, the Georgetown game when he needed something, he got it. Does he make mistakes? Yeah, he, it's a growing pains. It's growing pains. Um, you have to be on the court to learn. You have to play the game to learn. And he didn't get those chances the last two years. He was you know freshman year didn't play too much at, or at all. And last year he was pushed to the side with Gillum. Um, for lack of confident reasons, and he lost his confidence. And now this year, he has to. He's in the fire. He has the comp. He has confidence in himself. But he also has the ability now where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. So he's going to get better faster. I will add this as well, Z, and and we appreciate you calling. We appreciate you listening. Um, I realize that forty-seven turnovers through eleven games. That's probably more than you want, especially you know. We're not in we're not in ACC competition yet, but I will say right. this: you look at the minutes he's playing. He's playing thirty six minutes. He's turning it over right. essentially four times per game, which means he has one turnover every nine minutes. Um, I think he'll bad. sign up for that. Right? Not I mean, too and, bad. and so I, I I get that you know last night he had a couple turnovers that stand out because they were right at midcourt. He just had the ball taken away from him. But I, again, you mm-hmm. can speak about this better than anyone when you're playing that many minutes at a major Division one college. If you're an aggressive player, turnovers are going to happen, and, and they need him to score. So this isn't just like he comes down, he, you know, he makes a pass, and he doesn't yeah. see the ball again. I mean, he's got the ball. He's trying to make plays. Yeah, he's not just sitting and being a facilitator. He has to actually be a participant in, in the scoring aspect, too. So, And then him being a point guard, he has the ball 98% of the time. So he's going to make mistakes. The key is that people's not watching or understanding this part. A turnover it's not a bad turnover unless it leads to a point. So if he's making turnovers or we're getting the ball back or it's not leading to an automatic transition point or something like that, then it's not a, a dramatic turnover. Yes, he's making – those are the ones that a coach can live with. You know, you get mad about it, but you can live with that one because it didn't lead to a transition point or a quick basket or a foul for our team. So he's going to make those mistakes. As long as he's not making mistakes where he's run coming out court and they're automatically going the other way where we didn't have no transition or no defense lined up to stop it, we got to live with his turnovers, and he'll get better at it. Um, I think like we talked about, you guys talked about, he's a big guard. I was a big guard. He has to learn now, but we're in a bad era where guys always want to cross over. He's a bigger guard, so you put these little guards on your hip and you take them where you want to go instead of crossing them over. You know, Z, we were talking about this, and, uh, you know, we we were talking about Frank this year versus Frank last year, and I'm just curious to, to get your opinion. Uh, how impressed are you with his ability to just kind of put the turnovers behind him? Because it felt like last year if he turned the ball over, uh, one, he probably would have gotten yanked from the game, and two, he might have had trouble, you know, getting over it if he could stay on the floor. You know, this year he turns the ball over a couple times, he goes and—, and drains a three right in your face, you know, to, to give SU the lead. What well, what do you make mm-hmm. of his ability to now put that stuff kind of behind him to an extent and, and move forward? 
That's a testament to his work ethic, to his upbringing, his parents and his family and his coaching staff to say, let it go, move forward, get to the next one, and his ability to have a short memory. The kid is going to be a good SU player. And for him to be able to come out of his shell from last year, and, and he could have dwelled on that and came in this year and, and felt bad for himself. He didn't. He worked. And now he's at a point where he's able to help the team and also be the catalyst for the team. I, I give him a, a thumbs up for all this. I give him a, a B, not an A, but a B, because I know he can get better and later in the season he might get an A. But I give him a B because what he recovered from from last year, and that's all we want from these young men is to see how they recover from failure or not so much success. Last one for me, Lazarus. You just mentioned uh, you give him a B right now, and maybe he can get to an A. What would it take? You know, he's he's been solid so far, but what would it take for him to go from from good to great? What do you think he needs to work on with his game? His his court control. He needs to be the court controller. He needs to be the general. He needs to be every player. So he needs to know where his big men know where they can score, not where they want the ball, but where they can score where his wing or what gets Tyus open or what gets my foreman an easy bucket. He has to become a complete floor general where he makes it easier for everyone else. His job is, is going to be hard. So he has to make the scores game easier where they just catch it and shooting or they're, they're in a position to catch and drive or big man catching and just finishing, not trying to make moves. So he's going to get that A when he becomes the whole floor general where he's not listening to, oh, I'm open, I'm open. He's going, no, get to the block. This is where you're going to score at, not just because you're open on the three. Well, listen, Lazarus, uh, as always, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Anytime you have something to say, open invitation to give us a call. And uh, and thanks for helping me out here on this uh, this Frank Howard argument. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys stop fighting on, on the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there he is, Z Sims, uh, joining us here on the show. And, uh, and that's... That's my best comeback now. Anytime you bring up Frank Howard, I'm just going to say, Lazar Sims agrees with me. There. I'm right. Fair. And you, you've got no comeback. Fair. All right. No, well, you're right. Phone lines remain open, 315-437-7644. I did not expect to do this today. I did not expect to spend a half so hour can we move on? talking about Frank. We can I mean, if, if people want to talk about this, by all means, uh, I'll talk about this. But here's Frank your, Howard's your point guard, and he's going to be po- your point guard for another year and a half. That's what and I was going to say. And he's... He's going to continue to get better. I'm telling you, he's going to continue to get better, and and you'll sign up for that. I, I get that four and a half turnovers is a lot. When you look at it, is it's one turnover every nine minutes, knowing how much the ball's in his hands and the plays that he makes. And again, he made the biggest shot last night. You could make the case that he made the biggest shot against Georgetown, yeah. the biggest play anyway, the steal and the score to tie the game up. He's done that two games in a row now. Yeah. You'll Steve, take it. Steve, that's what I was going to say. You know, He, he could be frustrating. He, he could be difficult to figure out, but... He's your point guard. Uh, th- there is no question about it. He is the point guard of this team. He is going to play very near 40 minutes every single night, and he's pr- and he is in all likelihood your point guard again next week, right? Bar- next year. Yes. Barring something insane happening, he is your point guard he's again point next guard. year. So I, I think that I, I do think he's going to keep getting better. I do think he's going to get more comfortable in this role. Um, I, I guess it's just that. Back-to-back games, I, I I was scratching my head watching Frank Howard play a lot, but I I, I think he's going to get better and grow into this, you know, and in, into a good point guard for this team. He already is a good point guard for this team. Better he, point guard for this. Okay, team. fair enough. He's Scoop Jardine. You'll take Scoop anytime you can get him. Uh, if you're on hold, stay on hold. We got to take a timeout. Back after this on Orange Nation. 
Hi, it's Jim Beheim, and you're listening to the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Back on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Burdick Toyota, 315-437-7644. Back to the phone lines we go. Gary and Skinny Atlas up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Gary. Hey, Steve. Great show, guys. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Just to keep going a little bit on, on Frank Howard, and uh, uh, Z took a lot of my points, which is fine. He should know that. But, you know, one of the things we, that Jan has to realize, he, he, he didn't play point guard in high school. Right. Uh, he didn't play much last year. And, uh, you know, he just like ZZ, he handles the ball constantly. Uh, I think Thorpe maybe leaving might have hurt a little bit because he might have, Jimmy might have had a little more confidence in bringing him in, sat Frank down for a while. But, I mean, uh, he played great against Georgetown. The drives in there, did he have some turnover? Sure. And I think UB last night, there they were, that man-to-man defense, I think, was a little more aggressive than Georgetown. And I think so, that guy yeah. kept putting a lot of pressure on him. Battle is on the wing. He spread out, so he, that's the way the offense Jimmy runs. He doesn't come over to handle the ball that much. So it, it just seems like the negativity comes out, and here we are, ten and one. And on another line, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody was mad at Beheim. He doesn't press. He doesn't do this. And we always criticize Beheim when he loses, but nobody calls in and say, you know, that that was a great move against the press at Georgetown. Did they get some layup? Sure, but uh, I, I just don't understand where John's coming from. We're we're, we're not one and ten. We're ten and one, and as you well know, that's tough position. And uh, I think he's going to grow, and I think he's doing a real good job. So I'll I'll hang up and let you guys talk about that. But I, I appreciate your show. I appreciate you calling in, Gary. Thanks so much for for checking in. And, and you know, again, you look at at his numbers, and I was surprised to see the forty seven turnovers. But then when you stop to think about it, he had nine against UConn. He had yeah. seven against Georgetown. He had sixteen in two games. So again, it's I know those, I know yeah. those games happened, and I know that you know. Okay, it it you obviously can't set those aside. But he's had two games in particular where he had a lot of turnovers. And Georgetown, he was a key part of winning that game. Didn't play Absolutely. well against UConn, but Matthew Moyer stepped up, and they won the games. Like and they I, won, right, and they've, they've won the you games. Know that, that's kind of what I keep coming back to, and I didn't mean to set off a firestorm when I, when I started, but. You know that I I was just kind of saying it as like, hey, there was a lot that went wrong last night, and you know, battle wasn't battle had trouble okay. getting open, and you, and you hate Frank Howard, it's and, okay. And Frank struggled at times, and whatever. Uh, as far as the the not saying Bayheim does a good job, did we not say maybe this was in a break? But did did we not say on air earlier this week that he thoroughly outcoached Patrick Ewing the last fifteen minutes of those game that game? Like I, I'm pretty sure we, we talked about this, right? We did. We like, said I, it on I'm the pretty air. sure we did because. And and like that's a fair criticism because that happens with every coach in every sport, right? You're you're on them when they lose, and you don't give them enough credit when they win. You know, in that game Saturday against Patrick Ewing, a new coach, an inexperienced coach, Beheim ran circles around him in the last ten minutes of regulation and five minutes of overtime. No question about it. Uh, you know, and and last night you get the win. Um, and I think that you know you you played it. It, it was interesting to to watch as well because you were without Sidibe, and and how were you going to handle those couple minutes that you had to get Chukwu off the court? He played thirty seven minutes. Pascal Chukwu played thirty seven minutes. For the other three, you went small. You played three guards. I, I thought that Be- Jim Beheim did a really good job last night mixing and matching the lineups. 
playing Howard Washington with Frank Howard with Tyus Battle. I, I thought it was a really good coaching job last night. You emphasized the number 37 with Pascal Chuko, the amount of minutes he played. Even more surprising, he had one foul. Yeah. And he blocked eight shots. I thought Pascal Chuku, and I was going to bring this up at some point today. I didn't expect to spend 45 minutes on Frank Howard, but Pascal Chuku was was an underrated hero last night. I, you know, I don't want, he wasn't the you know the number one star. Like if this was hockey, he's not the number one star. Maybe three, but he was he was somewhere on the list because he he played a very good game. He had eight blocks, finished with you know just the one foul. Was out there for 37 minutes, stayed on the floor, altered other shots. Um, he was a big piece to the puzzle. Now O'Shea Brissett and Frank Howard and, and even Matthew Moyer again. Moyer chipped in. They did not guard him. That was the, that no. was the the plan for Buffalo. If anybody's going to beat us, make Matthew Moyer beat us. To his credit, he had ten points in the first half, and then they went away from that and said, "Okay, well maybe we should actually try to guard him now in the second half." And he got hurt. And then yeah. he got hurt. Right. Um, but if you're going to take Ty's battle out of the game, it, and that's that's a fair trade, right? I mean, if you're Buffalo, you'll live with Moyer going for ten points in the first half if that means battle doesn't go off. It kept a minute to the point where they lead by one with three minutes to go. So it was a great game plan by Buffalo. They executed it to perfection, but I think you got to give Syracuse some credit. Matthew Moyer stepping up, Pascal Chuku stepping up on defense, and again, Frank Howard hitting the biggest shot of the game, knocking down that three. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what Matthew Moyer did, played good defense, rebounded the ball, and at halftime had 10-8. and eight. I mean, that was incredible to me. Uh, he... Played really, really well. I thought that was surprising. You know, it, anytime we get, and anytime we see a, a good performance, I think out of Matthew Moyer, I think that it's uh, one of those pleasant surprises, right? Because uh, on a regular basis, he he hasn't been that good, right? He hasn't been great. He hasn't been consistent. Uh, but then he does that, or he does what he did against UConn, and you see the energy he brings. He rebounds well. He's dunking the ball. It's a high energy kind of a player. Uh, I think that's huge for this team, and and it will be you know moving forward if they can keep getting something, anything out of them. It doesn't have to be twelve and nine. Twelve and nine would be fantastic, but it doesn't have to be twelve points and nine rebounds. But if you can get anything, and we talked before the season about eight and eight, if you can get eight and eight out of him, that would be great going forward. And it just seems that there's a little bit more you know pep in his step and, and a little bit more energy when he gets going early. We saw against UConn when Frank Howard struggled. You know, who was it who stepped up? It was Matthew Moyer. Last night, I don't want to say Ty's battle struggled, but he struggled open. He struggled to take shots. He only took eight shots in the game, finished with 13 points. So he didn't play poorly, but Buffalo took him out of the game. Who was it who stepped up? It was Matthew Moyer. If not Matthew Moyer, then then who, I guess, is my point. You right. have that big three there, and, and by and large, they're going to do a lot of the scoring. Coming into the, the game last night, they were averaging 70% of SU's offense, those three. If one of them is not there on a given night because of foul trouble or because of an off-shooting night or whatever it may be, who is going to be that other guy to step up and be that third scorer? If not Matthew Moyer, then who? Um, that's it, what, No, that's when you're in trouble. That, that's what we talked about, right? We talked about that uh, on Monday. It's, is this sustainable with just those three? And the answer is, like, maybe, right? Like, maybe, like, you could probably beat Pitt, you could probably beat BC, you could probably beat Clemson, Wake Forest, you know, those teams in the ACC you could probably beat with just those three, but, like, anybody better, you need a fourth. Um, and, you know, Matthew Moyer's got to be that guy. He doesn't have to score 10, he doesn't have to score 15, he doesn't have to score 20 a night, but... He's got to score, right? He's got to be a threat. You can't have a game like last night where Buffalo's just like, yeah, don't worry about him. I mean, that's literally what they did. They were just like, yeah, don't worry about him. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna go double up on the paint. 
Right? We're going to have two guys in the middle of the lane so that when they drive, there's nothing you can do about it. And we'll let Matthew Murray let alone because he can't do anything. He can barely catch the ball. Right? Like, that's basically what they said. Because if they felt confident that Matthew Murray could even catch the ball, then Frank Howard would drive. He would have two people sucked over to him, and he would dump it off to Murray, who dunked. And that's exactly what happened all night. So if he can even be that threat, that opens up the middle for Frank Howard, for O'Shea Brissett, for Tyus Battle. And Tyus Battle, you know, to his credit, kind of, you know, he took himself away from the basket. He opened up driving lanes. Jim Beheim actually talked about that after the game last night about how Tyus Battle, even though he was defended uh, very tough by Buffalo, that he did the right thing. Again, he didn't try to force it. He only took eight shots, finished with 13 points. Again, you can live with that. Um, but he opened up driving lanes for other guys, for Brissett, for Howard, uh, so on and so forth. Here's Coach Beheim after the game. Well, we changed the whole game. We went to Matt Moyer, you know, then we went to O'Shea, we went to Frank a couple times. Uh, when they, anytime they face guard a guy like that, it opens up lanes for other guys. When they help it on him and help face guard, that opens up those lanes. That's why you're driving. That's why you're getting to the basket. That's why you're getting layups, because they're doing that with one guy. So it's very hard. I thought, you know, I thought he did a good job. Just getting some shots and getting some points because they didn't let him get shots. Frank Howard had two of the easiest layups in the half-court set that you are ever going to see where there just was no help defense. And the reason there was no help defense is that was the strategy for Buffalo. If you are on Tyus Battle, you are not to help. And if Frank Howard beats his guy, then you're going to live with Frank Howard beating his guy. Or if Matthew Moyer you know, gets free, you're going to live with Matthew Moyer getting free. You don't want Tyus Battle to beat you. Um, and, and Syracuse played it to perfection, and, and Howard was able to get to the basket. No shape or set, while he didn't finish all that much because he was, you know, getting hammered on his way to the basket. Went sixteen for sixteen from the free throw line, and, and again, a big reason, obviously, why they win that game. Exactly, you know, keep keep going and, and keep getting to the foul line. I think good things happen when you good things happen when you go to the basket, right? You score. You miss the shot and your your teammates are right there for a rebound. You miss the shot and get fouled and go to the free throw line. Uh, I, I like that kind of plan of attack, and we saw that again last night. Frank Howard went to the basket. O'Shea Brissett went to the basket. Tyus Battle at times went to the basket uh, when he had the opportunity. And uh, it, it just it, it makes it easier, right? It, it gives you more opportunities to score, and, and this is that's what this team does best, so they might as well keep doing it. Phone lines remain open, 315-437-7644. Going to take one more time out as we wrap up hour number one right after this on ESPN Radio.